ABC Listen. Hi friends, my name's Matt and you're listening to News Time. Hello. Hi. I'm filling in for Ruby this week and have five fantastic stories to share. We'll leap into the countdown with a chat about leap years, then swim over to hear about some lucky fish that were saved from a drying lake. We'll learn about how the shape of a room could change the way someone feels And then we'll meet some Indigenous performers bringing a traditional story to a modern stage. After that, it's time for... Wow of the Week. You got it. Should we start the countdown? Let's get into it. Story number five. Your calendar might look a little different to usual this year because this year is a leap year. Do you know what that is? I think it's every four years they add an extra day. They add February 29th. Spot on. The days in our calendar have to do with the way the Earth moves around the sun. One year is one lap around the sun. Every year except leap years have 365 days plus a quarter. So every four years it just makes an extra day. You're all over it. Planet Earth travels around the sun in about 365 and a quarter days. But it would be too tricky to have years that are 365 days and one quarter of a day long. So we save up those quarters and once every four years, cash them in for one extra day. That means that most years have 365 days in them, but once every four years, we have a leap year and the year has an extra day for a total of 366 days. We put the extra day at the end of February, so most years, the last day of February is the 28th, and then the next day is March 1st. But this year, February has 29 days, and we call this extra day a leap day. What if someone's birthday is on February 29th? Good question. Some people born on February 29 treat leap year birthdays like extra special birthdays, but choose a different day to celebrate for non-leap years. But an extra day is extra exciting for everyone, whether it's your birthday or not. I think we should get the day off because it's a rare occasion. I like your thinking. Story number four. The olive perchlet often called a glassfish, is a tiny little freshwater fish about the size of a pinky finger. They're small and they look shiny. Transparent. Fish, 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 fish. They used to be found in rivers and lakes all over the east coast of Australia, but now they're endangered and only live in a few small areas. Adam Carezzi is a biologist. That's a scientist who studies living things. And recently, he stumbled upon a small group of the endangered fish in a lake in the middle of New South Wales. Adam was overjoyed. What a discovery! But he quickly realised that the lake was drying up fast and that the fish there only had a short time to survive. I think he might have rescued them and maybe, like, put them in, like, another pond. That's exactly what Adam did. He loaded as many of the little olive perchlets as he could into the back of his ute and drove them 50 kilometres away to a dam on private land. That means land owned by a person, not the government. Adam helped to set up a screen in the dam to protect the olive perchlet from bigger fish in the water. They might survive because, like, no other fish could eat them. With a bit of luck, the fish will survive and thrive in their new home. Conservationists hope that as this group of perchlets have babies, they'll be able to be reintroduced into other areas. 
they say that Adam's discovery of a little pocket of fish could mean they'll have a fighting chance of survival. Story number three. Most of the rooms at your place are probably rectangular or square-shaped, with four walls and four corners. But have you ever been into a round room? Last year, it was one of those spinning rooms. It was a space one, and because you stood in the middle and then it spun, it was cool. Some people say that being in a round room can make them feel better, and it turns out science agrees. A study done by researchers at Bonn University on the Gold Coast found that spending time in round rooms can have a positive impact on how someone feels and can even make them better at doing little jobs while they're in the room. Because you can think of round things in it. Seems about right. In the science experiment, the people in the round rooms had a lower heart rate, meaning they felt calmer and they were able to give more creative answers to questions than the people in the rectangular rooms. We need more thoughts on this world. Humans have lived in round spaces for hundreds of years. Igloos, huts, teepees, castle turrets, mosques and church towers can all be round too. There's more to learn about this idea, but for now, it gives new meaning to the advice, think outside the box. Story number two. Have you heard of dreaming stories? What does that mean? Many First Nations people from right around the country have and share dreaming stories. Dreaming stories are an important part of culture. They often have life lessons about how to treat the land or how to behave. Cool. One dreaming story from Baladon country and the Noongar people of Western Australia is about Wundig and Willera. Wundig were Willera is about two people who are in love but can never be together. It's a sad love story. Some people say it's similar to the famous Shakespeare play called Romeo and Juliet. In the story of Wundig and Willera, when they can't be together, their souls are banished and trapped in the rocks of what are now called Mount Bakewell and Mount Brown in Western Australia. In real life, these two mountains face each other but don't touch. So it's a way of saying that the characters Wundig and Willera will always be facing each other but can never meet again. Recently, this traditional story got turned into a brand new opera performance. I think they'll feel good to share stories, their stories with other people. I think they would be happy to pass down the generation to other Indigenous people who may be there. Also, like us who are not Aboriginal as well. The performance of this story happened in a theatre pretty close to these two mountains. Almost the entire cast are First Nations performers and they sung most of the story in Noongar language. The show is finished now, but the performers hope they'll be able to bring the show to life again soon. You know what time it is. Wow, the week. This story made me go wow because it must have been hard to make a machine like that. Here's a question for you. How long do you think most songs are? Uh, two to three minutes? Around, like, two minutes. That's about right. And how long do you think the slowest song in the world is? One hour or 15 minutes. Maybe a couple of hours. What if I told you the slowest song in the world will take 639 years to play? I'm going to listen to the whole thing. But you won't live that long. Oh, yeah. I'll be dead. My band conductor told me about that song. Ah, so you might have heard of it. It's already been going for a couple of years, 
and recently the song got one note closer to completion. John Cage is a famous composer, someone who writes songs and music, and he's written lots of cool tunes. John Cage's song, called As Slow As Possible, is much longer. It's going to take people 639 years to play. But one person definitely can't play a song that goes for such a long time. So it's going to be a team effort. Made like an organ that would play it for that long? Yeah. 24 years ago, someone started playing the song in a little church in the country Germany. They pressed one of the keys on an organ, an instrument a bit like a piano, and then left something heavy on the key so the sound would ring out for ages. Then, a couple of years later, someone else added something heavy to another key, so the sound changed, and that was the next part of the song. And recently, the song changed again. I don't think it's a very good song, because, like, if you just want to listen to, like, a little bit of the song, all you hear is, like, because it would just be boring, waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting until one note changes. Some people do agree with you, but others think this was a big deal. In fact, hundreds of people gathered in the tiny hall to hear the note change and the next part of the song start. The next change will be in about two years, a long time to wait, but not as long as the next 600 years until the song is finished. And here we are, at the end of another countdown, and in a far shorter time than 639 years, Thanks a million. Thanks heaps. You're welcome. And if you're feeling quizzical, you can test your knowledge on today's episode by doing the quiz in the show notes. Ruby will be back next week with five sensational stories for you. Catch you later. Bye. Have a good one. Talk to you later. Or, as they say in the Noongar language, border one. News Time is an ABC Kids Listen podcast. For other awesome podcasts to play music to move to and stories and soundtracks for sleep, download the ABC Kids Listen app. It's free from your app store.